0: Well, again, good morning. Every time I I get up in in front of someone, I want to say, Happy Sabbath. (laughs) Well, Sabbath is coming. And this morning and over the next three days, I want to talk to you about prayer and the importance of prayer. But I want to ask, how many of you have an active prayer meeting going in your church? And how many of you have more than six people attending? (laughs) You know, it is interesting, prayer is one of the most important things that we can have in our life and within our church. For every revival, back up, for every revival, prayer preceded that revival. And if we are looking for the outpouring of the latter rain, it's only going to come when God's people fall to their knees and begin to pray. I want to begin from the very beginning. I will give you later on, like we're going to talk about praying through the sanctuary. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it is a wonderful process. We're going to talk about praying the will of God. And did you know God had two wills? We're going to talk about those wills also. We're also going to talk about praying like David did. And those are our topics over the next uh, few days. But I want to also let you know that as I speak, there is no bad way to pray. As long as you pray with sincerity of heart. As long as you understand (coughs) why you are praying. Have you ever noticed how many times or how frequent you pray? It's when we're in what? Trouble. (laughs) When we're in the hot water. And we find ourselves praying more and more. And then when things start going well, our prayers become fewer and fewer. And a lot of times, if you notice our prayers, Lord, help me get this job. Lord, help me get these, find these keys. Lord, help me to remember. <laughs> um, when you get my age, it, you, you start forgetting a few things. And hopefully I won't forget our message this morning. <laughs> so... But I want to bring to you the primary purpose for prayer. And we're going to go to the garden experience. So as we look at Genesis 3, 8, 9, it says, In the cool of the morning, they heard God walking in the garden and looked for them. Adam and Eve ran and hid among the trees. God called to the man, Adam, where are you? I love this picture because this is what prayer is all about. Prayer is about fellowship with God. Prayer is about having communion with them. It's not about getting all the things we're asking for. Matter of fact, as you see more and more prayers of the Bible, there are more prayers of the Bible praying for someone else than you'll see people praying for themselves. And yet, most of our prayers today are about praying for ourselves. And so... We want to see about how we can come into a deeper relationship through our prayer life. And the interesting thing I see about this is um, why did God say, where are you? He was the creator of the universe. Do you think that he didn't know where Adam and Eve was? But he goes and he asks, where are you? And um, before I go any further, I want to let you know, I try to... Make my messages interactive. If you have a question, raise your hand because I want to make sure you leave here with the understanding and not just me spilling forth a bunch of information and not touching home in the heart. So <coughs> I will ask you questions and hopefully you'll respond. I know it's early in the morning. And uh, if you have questions, feel free and I will try to answer your questions. So the question is, why did God call out to Adam, where are you? Pardon? Seeking. Seeking. Very good. He wanted to show Adam and Eve. He wanted to show us that he is seeking for a relationship with us. Sin separated that communion that they had. And God came stating to Adam and Eve, I want you to know that I'm seeking you. I want you to know that I miss that time in the morning with you. That he desires that fellowship. And he wants us to realize that also. In a little book called Prayer, page 12, and if you don't have this, I suggest you get it. It's a, a compilation by Ellen White on prayer. It's probably one of the best books I've ever found. And it says, Prayer prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted, and the health of the soul be preserved. The importance of prayer. You want power in your church? Get your church to start praying. You want power in your life? Start praying more. And it's not just about time. It's about the sincerity of the heart as we pray. We, can only, we may only pray five minutes, but that five minutes might be so intense, might be so heart convicted that you walk away refreshed, knowing that you have spent time with Jesus. There is Pastor Kim over in Seoul. You've heard about Pastor Kim. He is an evangelical preacher He has over 50,000 people in his church. I think even more than that. I think it's close to 100,000 easily. But Pastor Kim spends three hours in prayer each morning. You read stories of Moody. Moody spent hours in prayer. Every revival that has taken place, it was because they spent time in prayer. And yet here we are God's people, Awaiting is soon coming. And it's hard to get people to come to prayer meeting. And I hear excuses, well, I don't know how to pray. That's okay. You're not praying to our fellow person. You're praying to our Creator in Heaven. And we can pray silently. We can pray openly. But it's about that relationship that we need to establish with Him. Because as we pray... We, again, I can't emphasize over and over, it's about that intimate relationship. It says here in Amazing Grace, 343, face-to-face, heart-to-heart communion with Adam's maker was his highest privilege. The highest privilege that we can have is to pray, and yet we pray so little. Prayer, page 15. Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. The eye of faith will discern God very near, and the supplement may obtain precious evidence of the divine love and care for Him. As I mentioned earlier about there is no wrong way to pray, it's that we pray with an open heart, that we experience that time with Him. And I know that some of this sounds repetitious, but it is so important that we realize it's not about asking for everything for ourselves. And sometimes it's not about even asking for other people, but that we come into a relationship with Him. Our church strength will be found in in its time spent upon their knees. It says here in testimonies to the churches it is impossible for the soul to flourish while prayer is not a special exercise of the mind now is there any appropriate time to pray any time matter of fact there's a there's a passage in in the scriptures that says pray without what and, and praying without ceasing is praying when you're working, praying when you're walking, praying when you're communing or even talking with other people. I know as a respiratory therapist, as I worked in the hospital, every time I drew from an artery, doing a blood gas, those are one of the most painful sticks that you can get. I, Lord, let them not feel this pain. <laughs> Lord, let me hit it right off. And, you know, 99% of the time he answered my prayers. Um, But, you know, we should be constant in prayer. Whether we're working, whether we're playing, prayer should always be upon our heart because it is that communication with God. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All of your heart. All of your heart. heart. You know, God not only calls us, as he did with Adam, to say, Adam, where are you? My children, where are you? I miss that, that morning time with you. But he sends out an invitation to us. He gives us this promise that he he calls to us and that he will listen if we would just begin to come to him and seek him with all our hearts. Again, Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I know that every time I open the word of God, he shows me something else. Have you ever noticed, no matter how many times you read through the Word of God, it seems like He pulls back another layer off that onion. And He shows you another facet uh, of His grace and His mercy. And you know, I have found that people who spend time in prayer are people of grace. Are people of mercy. We learn to be conservative with our own personal growth and liberal with the growth of others. Think about that. We hold the bar of excellence up here for our relationship and walk with God. But we accept people wherever they are in their walk. And that we're very liberal as God calls them to walk in that journey and path that he calls them to. And that allows us to to show cords of love to one another. So great and mighty things he will show us. Again, the invitation goes out. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And in him who knocks, it will be open. Does this passage mean that God will give us everything that we ask for? No. No. You know, tomorrow as we talk about praying the will of God, we sometimes will ask ourselves, well, what is the will of God for my life? And then we've got people praying, Lord, help me win that lottery. <laughs> Lord, help me get that car. Um, Lord, let me get that loan. And, and God knows our needs. And I, I want you to think about this. If, if God knows all, then why is it that He asks us to ask Him for ourselves? For a relationship. Number one, for a relationship. Number two, to help us realize our need for a Savior. When we come to Him and ask Him to provide for us, we are showing that we are dependent upon His love. We are dependent upon His power. And so, asking is more for our benefit than His, because He already knows. How many of you who have children would want your children to beg and beg and beg for dinner? (laughs) Or beg and beg to put them to bed? God is not looking for us to beg and beg Him. He's looking for us to trust Him so that we can have that loving relationship with Him. And so... (laughs) Receiving what we ask for, it's interesting because as Christ comes into us, we then become children of the light. And as we walk in the light, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in... If you have the mind of Christ, what things will you ask for? You will ask for things that Christ would ask for. Your thoughts, your desires will be to glorify Him to have that intimate relationship with Him, to bring glory and honor to Him. And you know what happens? He will bring contentment in your life. As you begin to serve others, as you begin to take on a deeper walk in your prayer life, you will find that your, your prayers will begin to morph into being other-centered than rather me-centered. You know, the interesting thing is before sin came in, Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day and fellowshiped with God and talked with Him and walked with Him. Now, when sin came in, Adam and Eve felt the separation. But even after sin came in, there were individuals like Enoch who walked with God had the same kind of relationship where he could talk freely with God. As it says, And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Genesis 6-9, we read of Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Now let me ask you, was it his perfection that made him walk with God, or was it his walk with God that made him perfect? Perfect. You know, sometimes we get it all wrong. We think that we have to be perfect, be complete, be totally obedient before we can walk with God. But God says, I want you to walk with me. And guess what will happen? Then my character will be perfected in you. And you will then be perfect in your generation. Now, I need to ask you, when you're perfect, are you going to see it? No, when we are perfect. And, I, you know, people get hung up on perfect and perfection. But I, I always like to take the other understanding of perfection in the Bible. It's being complete in Christ. When we are complete in Christ, we will reflect his character. And yet we will not always see it. Great Controversy makes the statement that just prior to his coming, the saints will be on their knees, agonizing in prayer, making sure that they are totally free from the sin that is in this world. And so, and then we have in Steps to Christ, it says the closer we come to Christ, the more what? Imperfect we will see ourselves. Because God desires us to continue to be dependent upon Him. And have you noticed that in society... What do we teach our children most of the time? Be independent. Get out on your own. And I still, I still do that with my children. <laughs> but, you know, it's contrary to what God wants us. God wants us to be dependent upon Him. God wants us to have that dependence upon Him for everything in our life. So that we know when things good that come along, who gets the glory? God gets the glory because it was Him that gave us the power. Prayer is heaven's ordained means of success in the conflict with sin and the development of Christian character. Can you think about that? As, as the temptation comes up, does the prayer come to your mind? Lord, take that temptation away from me. Lord, let my eyes be set upon you lord let me be able to serve others than to succumb to the sin or the temptation that satan brings to our life if if you want to have that walk if you want to have that victorious christian life it's going to have to be founded in prayer now as we look through the scriptures I wanted you to see that there are different types of prayer. Now, most of the time, we, we pray prayers that are mostly supplication. Lord, help me. Lord, give to me. And that's okay, but we forget the other prayers that God calls us to. And so it says in 1 Timothy two one, I exhort you, therefore, first of all, by supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving thanks be made... For all men. Do you see the, the concept of the intercession there? It doesn't say in prayer for myself, but prayer for all men. So the types of prayer that we see are supplication, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. These are the four categories of prayer. <clears throat> when you woke up this morning, how many greeted the Lord? Good morning, Father. And now the next question is have have any of us ever asked, Lord, how are you doing this morning? And it goes back to that relationship. I mean, if you met me and we we uh, woke up this morning, we'd ask each other, how are we doing? But we never think to ask God how he's doing. And Lord, how can I be your servant today? How can I uh, walk with you and have this loving relationship with you today? What can I do to please you? You know, God longs for that conversational prayer that we can have with Him. But a lot of times, we end up going straight to the problem. Lord, I'm feeling, I'm feeling achy this morning. Get my bones moving. And God wants us to have the heart that we begin to, begin to think about other people. Prayers. The interpretation in the Greek for prayers is also worship and adoration. And have you found in your own prayer life, have you ever just took time to say, Lord, you are great. You are my creator, my rock of my salvation. To you be the glory. You know, I've been trying more and more to just have prayers of adoration and thanksgiving. Because it does two things. Can you you tell me what you think by praying just prayers of adoration and thanksgiving? Tell me what that may do for you. It lifts you up and what else? Makes you aware of how God is working. Any other thoughts? It directs you away from your problems? Humble and thankful. Any other thoughts? Uh, Brother Steve says, God really appreciates an honest thank you. You know, there's another thing yes. The last word. It gives you what? Confidence. You know, the wonderful thing about adoration and prayer is in your own mind, as you repeat the wonders and the works of God, it reassures you and gives you confidence of the power and the victory that God can bring in your life. And that although our politics and our governments may be all messed up, God is still in control. And God is bringing this world to its final conclusion and that He's coming soon. And so each time we, we give Him adoration and praise, it just it establishes and encourages and grows faith in us that God can deliver. Yes. It's healing, and it energizes. You become like the energizing bunny. That you, and you know, the other thing is, as you give more and more praise, you can't stop talking about Jesus. Have you ever noticed new converts when they come to the Lord? I mean, you've got to almost tie them in their seats. <laughs> and they want to go out and transform the world. And, and, and you're there. Oh, we've done that. It's not going to work. We've done that. And they're going let's do it again. <laughs> let's give God the opportunity to display His power. And it's because they have come into that, that worship and adoration because they have come from a world of sin. And, and, you know, we I was not raised Adventist, but those who have raised Adventist and raised Christians, you've been blessed. You've been blessed to have all of these things. But i got to tell you, those who come from outside... And have been in the world of sin, they have been even blessed more because they have tasted of this world without God. And then they have tasted what it is to have a relationship with God. And that's why they're so excited because there is nothing better than having God. Then the other one is intercession and then thanksgiving. Uh, also, I want to talk. Does anybody know the difference between adoration and thanksgiving? More accurate picture of how God's work our sister over there, for those who didn't get to hear, our sister, and I'm going to try to summarize it in just a few words. Our sister said, Thanksgiving is for specific thanksgiving for what he has done for us. Adoration is what He is, and who He is. He is our Creator. He is Adonai. He is Emmanuel. He is our rock. Adoration is about giving honor and glory to Him for who He is. Thanksgiving is all about what God is doing for us. And we're thanking Him. And what I want to do real quick here, if we have time is just look really quick at a few of these scriptures. So those who have their Bible, and we're not going to read the whole passage, but I just want you to see some of the the concepts because David has in his writings, in the Psalms, pretty much every prayer there. In Psalms 51, we read, and here is a prayer of supplication. Have mercy upon me, O God. This is verse 1, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. What's the first thing that David does here before he even talks about his own problems? It's adoration. Your loving kindness, your mercy. We give honor and glory to you. And, And it gives him that confidence that I heard earlier that we can then go before him and listen to what he says. Blot out my transgressions. And wash me thoroughly from the iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. You know, in our supplication, our first thought is to give glory and honor to Him. Because that gives us the freedom to know that He will forgive us no matter what we have done. Right in the prayer. Right in, in the same there two, four elements right there. Amen. And we're going to talk about those four elements again in a few minutes. I want to take you, and you know, we could spend a whole hour just on Psalms 51. But I want to take you also to f- Psalms 46 and look at what a prayer of adoration. And as you mentioned, he gave adoration in th- in that. But we even see other prayers that are given here. I find it. Psalms 46. And when you have it, say amen. You would think a Bible scholar like me could be able to find scriptures quicker. And I am a learner just like you. I'm no scholar. (laughs) I am glad that God has given me people like you to help me. (laughs) God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth will be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled through the mountains, though the mountains shake with its swelling. And it goes on and says, There is a river whose streams shall make me glad in the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Just at the break of dawn, the nations rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. In this passage here, we just see, again, adoration given for what God has done. And David's thought of what God can do and will do for his nation of people. We also have, in this context, prayer of intercession. And if you can turn to Exodus 32, 30 through 35, I've chosen this one because this is one of the most powerful, powerful prayers of intercession I've seen. Now it came to pass... To the people, you have committed a great sin, so now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sins, but if not, I pray, what does he say? I need to ask you, have you prayed a prayer of intercession like that? Where you're willing to ask God to, to take your name out of the book of life as you intercede? One of the things I try to convey to some of the Bible studies as we talk about um, forgiveness and interceding. How many of you have children? You love them with all your heart? you would do anything for them? Would you die for your children? I I tell people, I want you to take that feeling, that thought, of what you would do for your child, and then place it in your heart as you intercede for someone else. Can you pray for other people's children like you pray for your own? That you're willing to be blotted out, you're willing to die for them, that they may come to have an intimate relationship with you. And you know, i got to tell you, we can't pray like that. But God can pray through us like that. Isn't taking up our cross daily the same thing? Taking up our cross daily is is, is the same thing as Paul says that I die daily. As we die daily and Christ comes into us, That's right. As Christ lives in us, he gives us the heart and the ability to intercede with a love like that. And then finally here, a prayer of thanksgiving. In Psalms 136, we just see over and over the concepts of adoration and praise for what he has done. And the last one here, is, as you mentioned before, those components. Has anybody seen this acronym, ACTS? Has anybody used it in their prayer life? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, It's a very popular acronym to use, and it helps us keep focused. I don't know about you sometimes, but I wake up in the morning, and sometimes I'm not always focused. (laughs) And I start at one place, and then I find out I'm repeating myself in <laughs> a few minutes. And with these acronyms, um, it just helps us keep focus. like when we speak on praying through the sanctuary, which is an exciting process. Um, it It's not that this alone is the only way to pray, but it helps us stay that focus that we may finish. And also, I wanted to finish with Steps to Christ here. It says... Our Heavenly Father waits to bestow upon us the fullness of His blessing. It is our privilege to drink largely at the fountain of boundless love. What a wonder it is that we, what? Pray so little. God is ready and willing to hear the sincere prayer of the humblest of His children, and yet there is much manifest reluctance on our part to make known our wants to God. (coughs) Before, how much time do we have? 15, 15 minutes. I, I want to ask that in the last maybe 10 minutes, if you would join me in conversational prayer. Does anybody know about conversational prayer or are you familiar with it? Conversational prayer. I'm going to use the, the ACTS acronym. And in conversational prayer, for those who would like to participate, you can. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, as we pray, to allow your prayer be focused to what the topic at hand as is, like the very first one of Acts is adoration. And I'll begin, and I'll say, Lord, as we come before you in adoration and praise, I, I give glory to you, for you are the Creator. And then, what I'd like you to do is just give a sentence of adoration to God. And if you feel moved to do it aloud, praise the Lord. If you don't, praise the Lord. And then after I hear a, a period of silence, we're going to go to the next of Acts and that's confession. Now it's it's a little more difficult. There's a lot of silence during that time <laughs> because people are fearful of confessing anything before men but we're confessing it before God. But you know, the thing with Adventists, and I've I've found it very popular when we do this, is that we confess a lot of our spiritual pride. There is a lot of spiritual pride in Adventists. Because we know the Word. But have we allowed God to take all of our heart? And then after confession, we have thanksgiving. And that is, again, a sentence. All the time, we are just praying in sentences. Maybe two sentences. Lord, I thank you for giving me a wonderful morning for my family, for my children. And then the last one is supplication. Do you have a request, either for yourself or someone in your life, that you want to lift before the throne? So... I've kind of given you an outline again for those who would like to participate. I know there are some who don't like to pray out loud in front of people, but this is the neat thing. It's only a sentence and you don't have to wait half an hour for one person to finish. Um, You can think of something that follows right after that. And you can even pray twice. If you have more to say in one sentence, (laughs) come back and give glory to him again. So And I I just want to let you know, I took a junior tent and we did this prayer, uh, um, this conversational prayer and we had the juniors pray for 30 minutes. Can you imagine juniors sitting still for 30 minutes? But doing it in this concept of conversation where there's one sentence and another sentence and we give time for God to speak to us, time flies by. So if you will bow your heads with me, and I will begin with adoration. Our Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you that you are our God. And we thank you that your mercy endures forever. God, we praise you. Through the mouth of your children, we give thanks to you. And Father, we... The promise of 1st John 1 9 If we confess our sins You are faithful and just to forgive us And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness Father I ask this morning that you will forgive me For doubting you at times Father you've heard our confessions And those who were not spoken out loud You know the issues of our heart Father, you've heard our thanksgiving also. And Lord, we come to you in supplication as we intercede in behalf of others. And Father, I just pray for our church that you will bring unity and that you will allow our church to stand on the pillars that you have sent forth from the beginning. Father, we pray for that outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray also for my children. They know about Jesus, but I'm not sure how much they know Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you will continue to put divine appointments in their lives, that they will fall in love with you. Father, I too also lift up this camp meeting. And I just pray that you will be with all the speakers, that you will anoint them with your Spirit. Father, I pray that every person that steps foot upon these grounds will notice the atmosphere of heaven, and that the Spirit will come over them and place a hunger and thirst in their hearts for righteousness. Father, you have heard our request, and Lord, I know that there are many unspoken requests. And we just lay these before your throne, Father. And we thank you in advance for answering them. Father, continue to draw us closer to you. And let each one here be filled with your spirit. And as we go through this day, may you continue to guide and direct us that we may give glory and honor to you. And the congregation all said, Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Lord bless you today. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about praying the will of God. What is that will? Thank Thank you.